Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Enterprise Sales Development Podcast, brought to you by Science Technologies. We interview outbound leaders at fast-growth businesses to learn their secrets and bring you actionable insights. Thanks for joining us this week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Enterprise Sales Development. I'm your host, Eric Quanstrom. I'm the CMO at Science. Today's episode, really fun guest. We had Matt Reuter of RealPage. He is currently the senior director of sales development over there, had been an SDR manager at multiple spots before, overseeing a, a, a team that's large and growing. They're, they're actually hiring right now of 45 different uh, SDRs rolling up to him. So this interview, you'll hear a little bit about Matt's entry into the sales space, kind of inadvertent but found a true calling, a true love of sales development. And that shines through in this episode. You'll really hear it in some of his insights and and, um, what they're doing over there at RealPage that's working. So we touch on personalization. We touch on confidence. We touch on a lot of the techniques and training that they're doing for their SDRs over at RealPage. So tons of things to listen for in this episode that you can actionably take away and, and start to implement at your own organization. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here's Matt Reuter. And so we're back with Matt Reuter. Matt, real pleasure to have you on today. Yeah, Eric, thanks you. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And you know, I always tell people that this is the only knowledge that I can provide society. So I'm happy to jump in here and give it away. Well, you know, you've been a multi-time manager of fairly large SDR teams at multiple companies. And we're going to jump into all that, but my understanding is that you have uh, kind of an interesting entry point story of of getting into kind of like the SDR space in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I have a very unique journey. My so I, let's let's rewind back to uh, I was at the University of Arkansas trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I my entire family's medical. My brother's an optometrist. I've got a cousin who's a surgeon. My wife or my mom is a, a nurse, and my dad sold pharmaceuticals for years. So it was like I just knew that I just had to find some some portion of medical to jump into. So I found myself trying to get into dental school, um, and so I, I took all of the dental school tests and and shat, did all the shadowing, and I watched the guys you know mouth get cut open and all sorts of crazy stuff and didn't get into dental school my first round and then I just decided hey this is um this is a huge commitment it's a you know financially it's a huge commitment uh, also from a timing perspective it's a huge commitment and so um the whole time that I was trying to get into school I was sitting in a mall selling shoes for 100% commission and uh, I was doing really really good at it and I was learning how to how to bundle things together how to add second and third and fourth pairs and setting you know, company records selling shoes. And I was like, man, maybe I should just look into doing something like this full time. So I ended up, my my wife now at the time lived here in Dallas. And um, so I started looking for jobs here in Dallas. And I got on with this company doing outside sales, just kind of traveling around and kind of, uh, you know, upselling, cross-selling current accounts, more of an account management role. And then 30 days before I got married, uh, I got laid off and it was terrifying. And so we ended up... Uh, I have a, a had a buddy who was an SDR at you know, the first company that I got started at Maestro G, and um, 
he brought me on board and and I it was a telecom cybersecurity company and we we kind of jumped in and I fell in love with with the chase with uh prospecting and I just had this passion and desire to teach and train and coach and and uh help people figure out how to navigate corporate America and how to find what they want to do and you know if they like sales if they don't like sales um and then watching them get to the next level so I've been uh ever since that you know, I kind of worked my way up into leadership at that company and then have been at, you know, leading teams ever since. But it's a sales development is super, super important to me. It means a lot to me because it's provided me with a lot of opportunities in my career. And it's really helped me to to uh, meet some incredible people and and be able to watch. You know, we just had our sales kickoff last week and we were able to watch five, five different reps from our program making it to club and you know we had one win uh rookie of the year last year for killing his sales records and um so it's just been really cool to be able to just watch people's uh careers kind of grow and and move on from there so well let's stick on on you for a second because i can tell already that you're probably a wonderful boss and and someone to work for because you you genuinely sound like you care a lot about your team and and their achievements and them hitting their goals but tell me a little bit more about you know that love that you discovered within yourself for love for the chase, love for the game, love for what sales development is. Maybe even um, start that by telling the the listeners what sales development means to you, like how you would even define what it is we do, what this industry is all about. Mm. I've never been asked that question. I think to me, sales development is it's the entry point into sales. It's uh, you know. It's all the buzzwords that you hear. It's you know, it's the the baseline role that you come in and you learn the products, you learn the solutions, you learn um, you know everything that is sales, and then you get into an account executive role. But to me, I mean, I think the cool the cool part about sales development is the creativity that you're able to use. You know, being able to being able to find something personal about somebody and then frame it up in a way that makes sense from a sales perspective of why you're use, using that information to begin with and then why they should use your you know use your products and and framing it up that way i think is really cool um i, I think that you know the the beauty of sales development though and i i believe at the core and i think anybody who has started their career as an sdr would tell you that it's the most important part of their entire career. When they look back at their career and everything they learned, I mean, it lays the foundation of work ethic and being able to talk to people, being able to write business emails. You know, I've said all the time, like when I've when I've gone on in leadership positions and had to meet with, you know, SVPs of sales and CR, or, you know, CROs and everybody, like as I'm interviewing for these positions, I'm very calm, cool, and collected because I've been doing that for so long, you know, as an SDR. So I just think the amount of skills that you can get from this job, you just can't pick them up anywhere else. Boy, isn't that the truth? And and the skills are like when you really boil it down, it's it's starting conversations, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just learning socially how to interact with human beings and you know, and uh I, I think you know, we can get into that at some other point, but I think a, a lot of what I see in the marketplace in terms of SDRs is that people are losing that, right? Yeah. It's all about volume and it's about how many uh, how many emails can I pump out? How many phone calls when it's, it should be about how many personal connections with people can I make, you know, and how many, how many individuals can I, can I brighten their day? And so 
this would be a great intersect point for talking a little bit about, you know, in your, your current role, you're the senior director of sales development for RealPage. And you've got, what, 45 SDRs mm-hmm. um, currently on the team that you oversee or that roll up to you. Um, how do you kind of like start to give them that religion? That, you know, it is about the personal connections that you make. It's not about the volume. It's, you know, how do you brighten somebody's day, so to speak? Yeah. Well, I've, I've got my work cut out for me because we're, we, we sell to people who own and operate multifamily apartment buildings. So there's not that many of them out there that own that much real estate. And so we, uh, we have a very finite number of accounts. We have a very finite number of activities that we can do on the accounts before, you know, we start to, start to get some pushback. And so, you know, every single touch point is incredibly important to the sales cycle. I think that helps when I'm like, hey, uh, you can't just take one random email and send it to the entire company and expect to get a meeting out of it because they've had that multiple times. You know, it's like, you've got to stand out from everybody else. So I I think that's what I would say on that. Well, and so when you're starting kind of like, let's say, SDR number 46, um, who's starting net new, maybe never been in sales before. You hired them just out of college or a career transfer or whatever the, the the funnel that you have set up is. First off, how do you get them to understand like that this is a finite universe and that these touches do matter, right? Like you don't want to essentially spoil the, <laughs> the bad apple or what what's the saying? Rotten apple ruins the the, the barrel. How do you, how do you start to create that environment? Yeah, I, you know, I think it starts one it starts with with the veterans on the team. We have a culture here where we we empower our reps to, to teach everyone else like from the very first day they're assigned a mentor, somebody who's who's nice. achieved quota, who's done, you know, done well in the role so that they can come and they can learn with. But, you know, we we're also a very uh you know Matt Bachowski, who's our VP that runs um that oversees the entire uh STR program is is very content driven. So we try to bring in uh, outside perspectives. We brought in Beck Holland to come do flip the script training uh, this summer, which was phenomenal. And and I think, you know, from the very beginning of our onboarding, we're talking personalization, we're talking the importance of it. You know, it, it helps when you have leaders that can come and say, look, you know, when I get 15, 20 cold emails and cold calls a week and you know, these are the ones that stick out and these are the ones that don't, you know. And so I think I think that's really, you know, they just hear that message from day one of it's incredibly important to personalize. Uh, and, you know, you have we're in a, an age now where, you know, when I was an SDR, there weren't there weren't that many SDR teams out there. I mean, it was a relatively new concept. Yeah. And then you've seen over the last, you know, 10 years every company is starting to create teams. And so now the market's saturated with messaging and all sorts of stuff. So in order to, to stand out and get your voice heard, it has to be uh, unique. Boy, oh boy, I think that's very true. But I'd love to get your um, take on, on what you feel is personalization, what you feel is not personalization. I know Beck has some very hard and fast rules in some of her own content, but I'm, I'm curious your perspective. Yeah, um, let me... Let me start with what personalization is not. Dynamic fields are not personalization. <laughs> uh, my college sports team or my city's football team is not personalization. 
I think it's funny. I, I always I always run a contest, like an internal contest when it comes to you know, either March Madness or some, you know, Cowboys were in the playoffs. So I'm like, here we go. I got three emails about bets for the Cowboys. You know, you, if they win, you get this, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, yes, it's important for me to know that you're reaching out to me and you know something about that. But to me, personalization is more of, you know, I, I listened to this podcast that you were on the enterprise sales development podcast, you said these three points, they stuck out to me. I have questions around them and I want to, and I want to ask them because it's going to help me in my role do X, Y, and Z. Like that, that's personalization to me. And, you know, if you don't have the luxury of doing that, it's just, it's just looking at them and thinking about what they care about in their role and what they care about as a person, and then framing up the message to, you know, to make it seem relevant to them. You know, I often say, including to our own SDRs here at Science, that the SDR job is is impossible, largely because, you know, you've never done the job of the people you're calling into, like, yeah. <laughs> by default. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 100% true that you will not have done the job of the people you're reaching out to. And yet, and yet you still have to kind of like show up for work every morning. Given that realization, like, what are some of the ways that you've, you've, teach, train, and coach to around kind of like that power dynamic, if you will? Yeah. Uh, I love this question because this was a struggle point for me. You know, I came in, was selling shoes, and then now I'm talking to CIOs and trying to talk to them about cybersecurity. Right. I know enough information to say a script and that's all I've got. Um, And it really, it to me, it boils down to what I coach is figure out what problem your product solves. Mm -hmm. And then what are three good open-ended questions that will get the prospect to talk about the fact that they have that problem. And once you get to a point where you can just have a conversation with somebody, ask them questions and navigate through the business problems that you're solving, you don't have to know product. You don't have to understand you know, how a, a CMO makes decisions. Like it's just what keeps you up at night. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it does it, it, then it becomes easier, you know, and, and then you're not, you're not getting into deep, you know, deep product information, but at the same time, it's also about understanding that you're what you're selling. You're not selling a product, you're selling a meeting. Right. So it's not like you've got to get enough interest and then get out of there and flip yep. it over to somebody else. So you know, I tell new hires all the time, like it's not, if they ask you a question you don't know, that's exactly why they need to jump on a call, right? Like that's that's what we're trying to do. I, I love that. And in fact, um, we have a, a phrase that describes that here. We call it the flip forward. Like when you get asked questions that, you know, are over your skis or beyond your depth, like fantastic, celebrate, you know, yeah. that's a great yeah. reason for taking a meeting, isn't it? Yeah. And you and you've done your job enough to to pique some interest to ask for them to ask a, a you know an in depth question. Yeah, I think the other part that is often overlooked, and and I think you know a lot of people are in a hurry to get to the end, get to the outcome, get to the close business that they forget that everything in life. I mean, even though we use these terms, we don't think oftentimes what they mean or how they're defined. Sales is a cycle, always by definition. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And beginning, like if you have a cycle, you always have a beginning, a middle, an end. You know, if not, like 
14 other parts. Yeah, absolutely. And every single one of them is important, you know, to the next step. So along those lines, uh, shifting gears ever so slightly, when when you're kind of like working for RealPage, I'm actually really curious, like the sales cycle that you guys feed into in this somewhat limited universe, but again, 45 SDRs would imply that it's it's not shoebox size. Mm-hmm. Your your total addressable market's probably still in the what tens of thousands, if not slightly larger. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we, we try to have singular focus where we can. We've started to really segment the team into different functions with different focuses based on types of accounts or, or types of buyer that are in those accounts, which we've found, you know, when you bring, it's a very complex market to come into if you've never, if you've never had any experience talking to, you know, a lot of times Harvard grads that own millions of dollars of real estate and, and have done this and their families have done this. They've just kind of grown up talking this totally different language. And so like one of the things that we found is by limiting their world and shrinking their market and their focus down to certain products or certain, you know, a certain buyer that it really helps them to elevate and learn this stuff a lot quicker. And so that's one of the way one of the ways we take we do have a, a a fairly large market in TAM, but we have we have it broken down into little focus areas to kind of make it more bite-sized. So just to get a, a mental map of this, is what you're talking about kind of almost like an account-based strategy? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like where you're you're kind of tearing out the accounts and then maybe even tearing into the accounts with one or more SDRs? Yeah, yeah. I mean there's without understanding multifamily and how it all works, I mean, there's different types of asset types and different, you know, different, um, different ownership groups that own different accounts. And so we have them kind of separated that, but um, we, we break the team to, to basically follow that one segment so that they're aligned to that. And they're not, they're not having to learn three different types of markets. They're just learning one individual one. Got it. Got it. And so for you, the learning curve then becomes shorter for your team to get really good at having, without meaning this pejorative at all, like the same conversation over and over and over. Yep, exactly. Yep. Or maybe to put it in your words, focusing on the problem space and the p- problems that RealPage solves, and then bringing that forward with open-ended questions for this particular segment. Yes. And then what we find is that those reps become very competent with that one conversation. They get very confident. Then you you have a lot less of that, you know, I'm in over my head, shaky, afraid to pick up the phone because now they're doing it. That's all they're doing. And they become really good at it. So tell me about the role that that you feel, and it's obvious that you say this, but I'd love to even put quantifiers on it. The role that confidence plays in SDR success. Oh, it's everything. Um, I had new hires on the phone today and and I told them like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. People will, you know, people will believe a lot of things, <laughs> but it's the confidence that you know what you're talking about. And it's the confidence in in the company and in the product and in the solution and what you're saying on the phone, like it all plays into it. You know, I've also I've also used the analogy of a chess game. You know, that's what a cold call is, is a it's a game of chess. And you make you ask this question because you know it's going to lead to this result, which is going to let you ask this question. And and the confidence of coming in there and knowing I'm in control of this conversation, I'm directing the conversation, 
puts you in that position to where you're able to uh, to close more meetings uh, because you're driving the conversation and not the prospect. Boy, oh boy, truer words have never been spoken. And I think that the other thing that is probably worth you know peeling this onion a little bit further, and I love that analogy, the chess game, because you know the move that you want out of every you know you know you, know you want to capture the king. Mm-hmm. Capturing the king is you want an appointment. What are the moves then that get you there? And it occurs to me that the best way to control a conversation is probably with questions, right? Yeah, yeah, and and that's like I'm I'm really passionate about the question thing because I think it's if you think of okay, that what is here's the question. These are the two outcomes that are going to happen from this question, and you do that ahead of time. Now, when you come into the conversation, you know I'm going to ask this question. Okay, here come my two responses. I'm going this way. All right, that means I'm going to ask this question. And it's going to lead to this. And then now I've I've gotten the prospect to admit that they have that problem. And now that's like, it's a logical reason for them to get on the call. Right. It's almost like you're setting, don't take this the wrong way, but setting a trap that, that's easily walked into. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I think that that actually makes it probably a lot easier for your SDRs to kind of like assimilate, to kind of pattern match into, you know, because they're, you're never going to get around the the fact that an SDR's job still does come back to some form of volume, some mm-hmm. form of number of calls, number of emails, number of like LinkedIn connections sent on a daily basis. Can't get around that ever. What I what I always tell my reps is it's it we do all of this and we do all these trainings, we try all these tactics, and we do everything not because it's going to work 100% of the time, but to increase the probability of getting one more. Yeah. You know, that's, that's gold. If you can personalize 10 emails and get one reply and that's one reply and you send out a hundred unpersonalized emails and get no replies, it was worth the hour and a half that you put in to personalizing those 10 emails, you know? Well, and, and even thinking about the way to structure tomorrow, you know, sending 20 that were all personalized as opposed to 10 and getting two. Yeah. And then exactly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And then you just begin to multiply it on top. And then as you start sending that, you get better and then your response rates get higher and you start, yeah. And then you start doing less, getting more bang for your buck and having to do actually less work in the end. I Quick question on that. And I'd love to understand and peek under your hood and understand how you, I'm assuming, please validate this, that you guys are kind of like multi-channel with your SDRs by default, that you're hitting on, you know, Mm-hmm. as many channels as possible. How do you structure their day to where you're getting the maximum amount of kind of like productivity, but like the biggest bang for their buck where they're spending more of their time doing activities that matter versus not? Uh, I wish I could say I've cracked the code on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that's always so funny for me to watch is when SDRs come in, they first come in, they're all excited, they're ready to go. They're ready to jump in and learn everything. And then they realize that there's a lot of distractions in this role. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, I always tell people like, you can research all day long, but if you never pick up that phone, it was pointless, wasted time. Yeah. And and you've got that. You've got all of the, you know, the different coworkers and everybody else asking questions. And then you've got meetings with your account executives and just all sorts of things going on. So you really have to prioritize it. But what we try to do is we try to look at the data. You know, we use SalesLoft as our sales engagement tool. And we try to look at the data and say, okay, what's happening here? 
um, what levers do we need to pull? Do we need to pull? You know, if you've uh, if we're looking here, you're making you know you're getting a higher connect rate between you know nine and eleven than you are between three and five. So maybe just front load or do more calls at this time and try to work harder, not or smarter, not harder. But you know, I think it's it's just constant pressure, and it's constant just you know rise, rising up pace setters on the team and people that that lead from the front and you know continually set the bar higher for everyone else to follow. Uh, I think all of that kind of plays into it. Well, and, and especially if if your program begins with getting kind of like that mentor and ex, ex, setting the expectation of veteran leadership um, mm -hmm. from day one. That probably makes it all go right. Yeah, absolutely. And then it 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 makes people want to work their way into those positions, and then the cycle just continues. Wow, it sounds like you've really built up quite a um, uh, almost like a self reinforcing organization where yeah. you can have excellence be be possible. Tell me, what are some of the other kind of like guiding tenants or you know north stars that you use in designing? You know, because again, this isn't your first time managing a team of, of SDRs, what have you learned that you've brought to this current organization that you think are like non-negotiables? Yeah, I think having a learning culture uh, is is definitely, you know, we do, we do training every single day here. We train on objections and, and uh, you know, listen to call recordings and do email replies. We do product sessions. We have, you know, every couple quarters we have SDR workshops where we take them off the phone for a couple of days and, and we bring in guest speakers and industry print like speakers. And we're just, we're constantly harping on that. We do book clubs. We're always trying to, um, you know, to, to get everyone sharper with all of their different tactics and skills. But I think, you know, a non-negotiable for me is just is a culture in which people feel like their work matters. Mm -hmm. They can see the results and that we're producing high quality pipeline and meetings back to the organization. You know, I, I talk to my leadership team all the time and say like, you know, our main, our main products are, are people and close one deals. And um, if we're not providing value in those buckets, then, you know, we're just, we're, they're paying us for nothing because if right. our, our meetings aren't closing to deals and, and our people aren't getting promoted, then, you know, we're, we're kind of spinning our wheels here in mud. Yeah, that, boy, true words there. Curious, what, what are some of the books that you've taken down in your book club? Well, we've got uh, Sales EQ from Jeb Blunt. We've done Fanatical Prospecting. We did Atomic Habits. Recently, oh, which was a good James one. Claire. Yeah. Let's see. We did Wheelbarrow Profits, which is a Jake and Gino multifamily investing book to kind of teach the back, you know, back into that. We've done, gosh, we've done a lot of them, but those are some of the, the main ones, I think. You can't go wrong with Jeb Blunt. I recommend Fanatical Prospecting to any first time SDR. It's like, what is it now? Five, maybe six years old, and it's yeah. no less relevant. Yeah, absolutely. That one, uh, I think my number one book that I recommend every single SDR, and that was, so my, Matt Bachalski, who I report to, uh, introduced me to Relentless by Tim Grover. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever read that one. No. Um, he was the, uh, he was the coach that coached Michael Jordan and Kobe into becoming who they are. And he like, he starts the book by saying, I'm, I'm the guy you go to when you want to be, go from the best to excellent. 
And uh, it's an interesting mindset shift and in, in book, but it really helps you understand what it takes to be that great. And um, definitely recommend that to, to people. Relentless. Okay. I'm going to, that's next on my audible list. There you go. It's it, and it's free on YouTube. Don't don't let Tim Grover know I said that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. So how have you you guys handled like this? Have you seen kind of um in the macro a lot of businesses, a lot of the guests that we've talked to have seen kind of like the changing landscape, especially back half of 2022 and into you know 2023 as we're recording this. Have you seen some of the same unevenness and and kind of like crazy changes in in the macroeconomic environment? Um, a little bit. You know, the the beauty of multifamily is that you know food, water, clothing, and shelter are everybody's you know needs and so we've right. seen we've seen a, a lot of changes in multifamily we've seen you know the rents have never been higher coming into this you know at, at the tail end of last year never been higher uh and now we're seeing a shift to where rents are starting to stabilize and now we're starting to look to cut expenses and you know and run a little bit leaner on that side but one of the things i love about real page is that we have so many solutions that help both sides of the equation that the investors care about um and that the pmcs care about that it you know it really helps us have a strong position within the market do you find that you're changing or editing messaging and and or tone or language around kind of a you know in recessionary times it's do more with less versus grow 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 as a for instance mm -hmm. kind of uh <laughs> I know it's not a great answer, but it yeah, we're we're always looking at that and looking at what's performing and what's not. But I think you know our our buyer and who we're trying to to target. It's just more about simplifying what they're dealing with, cutting you know, giving them yeah more for less. I mean, that's definitely some of the messaging that we're running with now. Nice. Well, and one of the other things that I, I want to make sure that we cover here for anyone listening, this has been a great lively discussion. You also have. A number of openings and are one of the folks layoffs be damned you're hiring and and yeah. want to get the message out yeah we uh we're always hiring sdrs we're always uh looking to to hire we actually have with my promotion we have an opening for a, a manager role so we're actively looking for you know anybody who has proven themselves in the market and wants to come out and and um jump in and and be a part of a of a culture that really is you know, exponentially changing the company and and as a pivotal part to our organization and what we do. That's great. I think that that's a, a an awesome message, especially at this time. Just goes to show, you know, like our economy is a pretty dynamic one. <laughs> Even yeah. if Microsoft's laying off ten thousand people, it doesn't necessarily mean that yeah. everyone is. Yeah, and we actually, you know, we've had uh, I believe six promotions this year already and we have oh. a couple more coming up so i mean we there's just there's demand up the chain there's you know and and so we're just constantly backfilling and promoting and and pushing people up so i love to hear that and i mean and we're recording this in january so that's yeah. a lot of promotions already yeah <laughs> yeah it has been it, it's been uh it's been fun what would you say, like, it, it sounds to me like you've got a pretty good thing going on down there. I forgot to ask you earlier, are the vast majority of your SDRs all in office in Dallas? Yeah, yeah. So we have a, a, a hybrid environment. So we have, we do two days in the office and three days at home. Um, but we have, 
we have the team come all comes in one day on Wednesdays and and we do um we do a lot of you know in-person call blitzes and trainings and that kind of stuff on those days so it's cool where you still get that old school feel of having you know the bullpen calling and everybody all the energy uh but then you still get the flexibility to to be at home a little bit yeah the, the boiler room so to speak without you know the negative yeah. parts of the boiler room. <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> cutting off people's ties and whatnot yeah, that's cool. What else can you tell us about RealPage and the things that you guys have going on there? It sounds like enormous growth, really vibrant culture, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of open positions, and you get to learn multifamily. What's not to love? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been on. I mean, you know, since coming here, I didn't really know much about RealPage when I when I came on here. I I've been here. It'll be three years in in June, and you know, I I talk to people all the time because it's. It, it's really the best way to get an entry point into owning and investing real estate. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people that's on their bucket list, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to get into it. You really do. I mean, just understanding how to pitch to that buyer, you really understand how to how to buy your own properties and develop your own properties and and you know all of that. And um, <clears throat> on top of that, I think the best part about RealPage is that you get a world class selling experience. I mean. The sales team that we have here is is bar none. I mean, we are crushing goals left and right, and um, we just had our sales kickoff last week, and it was just electric. I mean, five hundred plus sellers flew in, and and we had the a Blue Angels pilot come in and talk to our team about just the focus and and teamwork that's required in in the uh, John Foley, that's his name, in the Blue Angels and and dealing with all of that. So, I mean, it's just we invest in our people. We give them a world class education, and uh, and we give them world class selling experience. That's great. And I would be remiss if I didn't follow up on that. Do you see a take rate where kind of like your SDRs or even your sales team, especially those that have graduated up the ranks, are now taking that leap and starting to invest and begin their real estate careers? Yeah, yeah, we've had a couple. Uh, I've got an SDR now that's that's probably getting close to buying his first his first property and. Yeah, it's really it's really something. It's really cool to to see uh, you know them taking those leaps. <clears throat> is is that something that that's kind of like encouraged or or how do you how do you handle that? Like, sounds very aspirational. Yeah, well, you'll have to do another episode with Matt Pachalski. I've mentioned him three or four times. He's obviously one of my mentors, and uh, I've learned so much from him. But so he owns properties as well. He has a whole uh, a company that invests in real estate, and so the I think that's one of the greatest part about our SDR team is that you know the guy that's over it all is a customer, like right. is, a, is a, a prospect. And so just getting to understand, you know, how they look at a deal, how they find the right properties, how they think about technology and, and the equation and investing and all of that. Um, it really inspires a lot of our SDRs to, to figure out how they can do it for themselves. Do you find that they also use him as an internal resource? Like, I don't know, maybe even something as stupid as like, Hey, would you respond to this this cold email? All the time, yeah, all the time. And he's he's very quick to throw out emails and say, you know, what's wrong with this email? How would you make this better? That kind of stuff. But yeah, we it's a it's definitely you know, I mean, we've even gone to, so far to build calculators to to explain how much how much financial impact our product could have on the prospect, so that when we get them on the phone, we can talk about the real 
thing they care about, which is increasing the value in, of their properties. So I love that. That's probably a, a killer feature. Yeah. Financial yeah. calculators on cold calls. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to watch those conversations though. You know, you got to play yeah. them back and be like, eh, it's not really what that meant, but you know. <laughs> Sales, sales guys yeah. doing a disco and going, what did you promise? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, ruin an SQ, a uh, perfectly good SQL with overpromising. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, this has been such a fun conversation. Would you mind telling our audience where they can find out either more about your job openings, mm -hmm. more about you, especially if they want to kind of like pick your brain further, or more about RealPage? Yeah, I'm uh, all over LinkedIn, probably too much. Uh, but so definitely send send me a message. Um, I love to connect with people on there. We have a couple recruiters that work for us, Aisha Khan and, and Sophie Kuchenbacher, who uh, manage all of our SDR hirings and, and all of that. So definitely hit me up on LinkedIn. I can get you uh, situated with, with them and uh, get the process started. Love it. Matt, this has been a real pleasure and a, and, and a great conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me come on here. And like I've said at the beginning, right, this is the only knowledge that I can provide society. So <laughs> I wouldn't sell it Out short. Out of the context this of this podcast, it means nothing. So this is power packed. So good stuff. Yeah.